Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how's it going? I'm very good, Sam. Very good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Played uh, golf yesterday, which wasn't so good, uh, but it was good to get back out there. I mean, the sun is, it was a sunny day, but it's probably one of the last ones we're going to get this year. So, yeah, things are starting to change here. Um, I imagine you're starting to go into a bit of a more sunny period now. We are, yeah, yeah. Nice day tomorrow. It's meant to be a nice warm day tomorrow. So maybe we'll switch. I might have to get the clubs out and uh, start playing a bit more often. <laughs> I don't I know how that's going to go, but. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. Um, right. Comments uh, and subjects today. We go US CPI. That's yep. uh, coming out on, on Wednesday for those that are listening to it or has already come out, depending when you listen to it. Uh, and we'll also talk about some of the, the top stock changes on the Toro platform, which is always very interesting. And then we're going to focus a little bit on China as well, which also have their inflation reading this Friday amongst other headlines that have come out. So it should be a, should be a good one, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Inflation again, the sort of key driver, really tough time for markets at the moment, struggling for, little bit direction markets just feel really nervous don't they so yeah some key inflation data there that i think is probably gonna drive markets uh, for the rest of the week yeah so well, let's start with the us then obviously they've got their inflation mm-hmm. number they've got the fed minutes they've got other bits and pieces coming out so what are you focusing on what are you looking at how do we think markets could could move one way or the other well, yeah, I mean, look, we, we sort of said then that markets feel a bit nervous, but US stocks have sort of picked up, maybe sort of fell into a little bit of oversold territory, maybe, mm. you know, a few investors sort of feeling that there's a little bit of an opportunity there. Uh, and we did have some reprieve as well uh, on Tuesday from sort of all the hawkish comments we've had from Fed officials recently. We had the the Fed uh, Bank of Atlanta president, uh, Rafael Bostic, saying that policy um, is is sort of restrictive enough to get inflation back to target, and I think that's that. You know, the market really took that and, and sort of ran with it. It sort of points to the the acknowledgement from officials that we may not need you know further sort of policy action. We might not need uh, you know another hike uh, you know in in this sort of cycle. But we do get Fed minutes uh, as well coming through. So that's actually going to come Wednesday evening or Wednesday day. Uh, in the UK. So I think investors are going to keep an eye on that as well to sort of see for any hints, you know, that would suggest that actually the Fed might not follow through with with that final hike. I don't think they're going to sort of give it to us sort of that easily. We had uh, the RBA um, sort of speakers coming out today, the, the assistant governor, 
you know, sort of taking a hawkish and dovish stance, right? Sort of saying that there is still going to be lags of monetary policy to sort of come through, which is going to have an impact, but also at the same time saying we may still tighten further. So, you know, they're really not wanting to sort of wave the the, the sort of checkered flag here to say, right, we're done, that's it, we're finished, because they know markets will sort of run away with it. But they're also, you know, sort of making hints towards the idea that we are sort of, we've really seen the, the bulk of of these moves from, from sort of central banks. But yeah, to, to sort of inflation to CPI, I think that could be a, another reason that we do see the Fed hike. Um, we also had that solid jobs print last week, which obviously gave markets a, a sort of a big boost and uh, and really shocked markets uh, as well we uh, we have our little internal um sort of guess sam that that sort of you yeah. run and and i think everyone was pretty well off um yes. but um but you know headline inflation expectations they've changed a little bit over the last week when i was reading this last week it was at about 3.7% late last week that's sort of fallen back now to sort of 3.6% so expectation is, you know, for a, for a move lower because we had 3.7% uh, last month. The positive, though, is is hopefully going to come from core CPI, which is obviously excluding volatile food and energy prices. That is expected to inch down again for the 13th consecutive month. So to 4.2% from 4.3% the month prior. That is a really important number because that is the, the number that the Fed is focused on uh, and again excludes you know those energy prices so it's going to exclude those volatile movements in oil which we have seen and that's where some risks do come with headline inflation given the recent spike in sort of energy costs uh, particularly oil which may be a bit of a concern and, and push up headline cpi i think a few other areas for for investors to watch i think it's going to be in shelter that makes up a large portion of household spending um so that's going to be a really important area in that cpi print uh, as well as services cost as well the concern with services comes down to rising wages uh, and the key here is to see a falling trend we really want to see wages sort of coming down a price spiral of wages to the upside is not what the fed want to see or any central bank for that matter want to see but as we said our equity markets have been spooked a little bit over the last few weeks um, especially with that sort of economic strength we've had coming through from the u.s economy as well as that rise in in sort of 10-year treasury yields as well but i think that a better than expected inflation reading this week would provide that sort of you know continued boost for markets and, and also help subdue some of those concerns of rates being higher for longer as well yeah, big one, as always, as every inflation reading out of the US is. Uh, just on this week, for those lucky enough to listen to the podcast uh, early on Wednesday, 7pm UK time is the FOMC Minutes. I know we get so many listeners from all over the world, so you have to unfortunately work that out uh, in your own time zone. But 7pm uh, on Wednesday, the FOMC Minutes, and then tomorrow or Thursday at 1.30 p.m. UK time for the latest US CPI and core CPI reading. And then in 21 days from this Wednesday, so literally three weeks time, we would have the next FOMC meeting. And then it is the 13th of December that wraps up the eight meetings for this year. And the next one after that isn't until the 31st of January. So two meetings left this year as of the closes uh last sort of night it doesn't really look like the market is expecting that hike at the moment it's pricing in a little bit but it doesn't look like it's really expecting it 
maybe different to what the Fed has slightly suggested. But this inflation reading can change things, of course. And, you know, we'll see movement in indices and stocks depending on on what happens, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that that hike or to not hike is sort of the big question. I think many say that if it is going to come, it's going to sort of come in November. It will be sort of an insurance hike to sort of make sure that that economy is is sort of slowing. Do they need to do that? Are we still sort of seeing the lags sort of come through? You know, but the economy is still super hot, isn't it? We saw that with the jobs number yeah. sort of last week. I think retail spending is slowing a little bit, but, you know, uh, sort of I think Callie pointed to it in, in our quarterly outlook, which is going to be coming out pretty soon. And it essentially just points to the fact that no one expected the US economy to be this strong this year and to be this resilient. And, and I think that's made a difficult job. Uh, for the Fed, but it's also made a pretty difficult job for for sort of investors as well in terms of yeah. you know being able to sort of pick stocks and in, in this sort of environment. And every quarter, Sam, we we sort of do um, release Etoro sort of most held stocks and and sort of what clients are sort of investing. So what have we seen there? Have we seen any sort of shifts, any changes, anything that caught your eye? Yeah, quite a few things. It's always interesting, I think, to see what happens over the last three months. And you've always got to, you know, take things with a little bit of pinch of salt and put things in perspective, especially, you know, if you are a long term investor, one quarter or one earnings report shouldn't really change your long term thesis. So that's something to uh, observe. But what let's, let's just go through some of the, the changes. As I mentioned, there has been some interesting uh, outliers. Um, we'll go through the top 10 most held stocks shortly but i'll summarize some of those interesting points before weight loss drug novo nordisk and eli Lilly they surged in popularity in in quarter three which i don't think will surprise too many especially novo nordisk uh, and we also saw ai stock c3 ai and semiconductor firm broadcom <clears throat> also make it onto the top risers list um, among those top uh, top risers, as I mentioned, uh, we've got that C3 AI. They made a strong comeback, uh, boasting a 22% increase in holders. Uh, Broadcom was 21. Novo Nordisk, that was 78%, which is pretty remarkable, the increase uh, that it had. Um, the uh, What else did we see? Uh, Eli Lee was 31. Palo Alto Networks, 30% increase. Uh, and then also on the flip side, the decrease, which I think is always quite interesting to see, Activation Blizzard uh, was down 16%, First Republic Bank 15%, Bed Bath & Beyond 12 FedEx also down uh, 11 Obviously, Activation Blizzard, which has been a focal point in the Microsoft takeover drama, uh, that was the most uh, we saw a decline. Uh, and then uh, for some of those cyclicals, Royal Caribbean Cruises down 9%. As, and as I mentioned, FedEx also there down uh, 11%. Um, <clears throat> some of the things that stood out for us, uh, solar energy stocks. Um, it, it seems eToro users were, were pretty happy to buy the dip in companies like Enphase Energy and Solar Edge Technologies uh, after a period of lackluster performance. And I think that's quite telling. You know, if if some of these stocks that are in the top ten, uh, you know, haven't necessarily performed that well, but we've seen a, an increase, it does show you know sentiment's still pretty good, and and sometimes you feel like that can serve that company well in the long run. Uh, I said we go to the most held stocks now, uh, which won't really surprise people. There hasn't been a change number one to six uh, from the end of quarter two to the end of quarter three. So I'll just go through that Tesla. Amazon, Apple, Neo, Meta, and Microsoft. The change has come uh, that NVIDIA was ninth 
and is now seventh, which means seventh place Alibaba has dropped to eighth and Alphabet eighth was eighth place has dropped to ninth, whereas PayPal has remained at 10, which again is quite interesting too, considering the, the pressure that PayPal has come under, but it's still relatively well held. It's holding up, yes, at historical low levels, but I wonder how many people are looking to add to that, to hold that in hope of a recovery there. So just in summary, the, the, the biggest riser, uh, Novo Nordisk, which I don't think is the biggest shock in the world. Adyen, number two there. Uh, the biggest decliners were Activation Blizzard and First Republic Bank. Uh, and then the most held stock biggest move was from ninth place to seventh, which was NVIDIA. Yeah, no surprise, I think, to see the NVIDIA there um, mm. sort of making that move up. And no surprise to still see big tech dominating as well, because the Magnificent Seven have, have done much of the heavy lifting this year, haven't they, on the S&P yeah. 500. But also really interesting as well, though, to see that contrarian view from investors looking at those names such as Enphase you know, that have struggled in sort of 2023. You know, going back, you know, we, we've both been here for, you know, uh, you know, many years now. And clean energy has always been a theme that investors have been really interested in. So it's it's quite interesting to see that despite that sort of weakness this year, investors are probably seeing it as a bit of an opportunity to sort of get back in at some 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 better prices. And then Novo Nordisk as well. That's a, that's a really interesting addition that's obviously captured sort of the headlines recently. Obviously, that new drug coming through, it's mm-hmm. having an effect on the likes of Walmart. I think Pep. Yeah. mentioned it in their earnings last night as well um it's even affecting there's a there's a a, a company called resmed they're dual listed in in australia and in in sort of the us but they deal with um sleep apnea devices so essentially you know helping people you know, sleep better mm. things like that they've come under pressure because the drug is obviously you know is set to obviously help obesity and yeah. obesity is, is sort of linked with with sleep apnea so it's all these industries it's affecting it's not just affecting walmart it's having a huge effect i even read today um that it could have a, a positive effect on airlines so if um, the weight loss drug does have an effect on Americans. It could improve the bottom line for these companies because it means wow. that they would use less fuel when flying. <laughs> so, yeah, amazing, yeah, absolutely crazy. Yeah, so there was I, I was reading it, an analyst piece today on it. So it's crazy. It, it makes you wonder that this is obviously amazing and this for humankind would be incredible. But for your companies that maybe don't mind obesity. Uh, it it makes it, it makes you wonder how they've managed to pass this through. And I'm, you know, I actually saw an interesting tweet from someone yesterday. I'm not going to call them out, um, but they were saying like, whatever the food company is, you should buy. Food companies do well. And I was thinking, well, hang on, if, if this weight loss drug does work and is amazing, why is McDonald's going to continue to do well? Why is yeah. you know all of these fast food outlets going to continue to do well because supposedly it suppresses that part of your brain that thinks i need that unhealthy food mm-hmm. i need that instant kick so it's an interesting it's an interesting junction you mentioned obviously walmart have mentioned it but i'd like to know what your mcdonald's think uh, your subways think and so on and so forth but i guess that's a conversation for another day but it remains to be seen how that goes because my initial thought when i heard the the drug was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to eat McDonald's every single day, you know, or if it was, you know, something like that. But, yeah, I'm not an expert and I don't claim to be. Uh, our final subject today is on China. 
They've got their <laughs> latest inflation reading out Friday, early, early, early for, for those that are in the UK, but uh, worth keeping an eye on. But there obviously are other headlines floating about. So let's just have a quick, quick update. What's uh, what's caught your eye uh, from that part of the world? Yeah, well, look, it's still an economy that's, that is struggling, but it's mm. still set to post um, some of the best growth uh in you know out of most economies uh this year but the sort of the big news in the last sort of few days is is that there's been a report from bloomberg um that sort of suggests um that they're considering raising its budget deficit which could mean a new round of stimulus for the world's second largest economy which would be again welcome we we're not seeing a flood of stimulus we've said this many many times on the podcast we're not seeing a flood of stimulus they're being careful with it but this is a step in the right direction U.S. listed Chinese stocks saw a big boost um, in Tuesday's session. The Nasdaq Golden Dragon China index climbed more than three uh, percent overnight. It also gave a boost to equities in Australia today. The heavily exposed material sector, BHP Rio, so put those um, sort of names on the watch list uh, in the UK today. Sort of those really heavily exposed mining stocks, you know, are probably going to be moving around pretty heavily on the FTSE. But the good news for investors is that China is continuing to narrow its focus to meet what we believe is is that sort of growth target, that that growth target is around 5%. And it means that they're going to need more support to do so. They're focused on that growth target, means they need support. It's as simple as that. Um, but it, it's, it's there's a big week. Um, we moved to Friday. We've got a huge data time data dump for those that don't already know when china does data they like to give it all of all at once yeah um yeah those poor old economists having to deal with all of that in in sort of one go but we've got inflation exports imports balance of trade there's loan data there's loads of important data that sort of comes through and it's all key data points that will affect you know the local market uh, and obviously global markets as well and i think these data points are going to be the, the the key driver of of where we see equities that are related to China go, and obviously the data uh, is going to be heavily um, important to to the economy as well. Importantly, if we're thinking about sort of you know the inflation print, you know China did fall into deflation about two months ago. Uh, last month they posted a zero point one percent inflation gain, so a slight pickup. But the policy support isn't going to be an overnight success, right? It's going to take that time to sort of drive demand back to sort of ultimately lift prices. So when we sort of spoke about deflation, obviously it was a concern at the time, but it was never a sort of a a long concern. You know, we always sort of felt that China would sort of pull itself out of sort of deflation. But there are still concerns there for the economy because we've got a property crisis that seems to be sort of you know deepening uh, and that puts pressure on on growth um but you know i've said it already i think on on the podcast but i think the good news is that we've seen probably what is the worst and that is likely behind us and i think we should begin to now see china's economy stabilize but again it just needs that sort of boost um we just need that little bit more support just sort of really give it a bit of kick up the bum and and sort of move it back in the right direction again and get some of those data points sort of really coming through And, and i think there you know is contrarian uh investors that are going to be looking at this that really do see china uh, as an opportunity you are going to need thick skin we said that uh for a long long period but the hang Seng tech index is trading at more than half the valuation of the s p 500 tech sector um 
and you know for investors that there, there are reasons to just like china you know it dominates the global car market you've got byd about to deliver more vehicles than tesla next yeah. quarter luxury without luxury you know you those even brands like lvmh are going to struggle and then you know mining those mining companies rely solely basically on what comes from china um if china you know, aren't importing, uh, then those mining companies aren't doing well. So again, there's, there's, you know, that there are reasons to like it, and there are reasons that when this economy does recover in in a, in a sort of a big way, that there are going to be companies that really do benefit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the end of the week, <clears throat> we're going to know a little bit more about that situation too. Um, busy week as well. Obviously, earnings kicking off Friday. Mm. You've got J.P. Morgan, United Health Group, BlackRock, City, Wells Fargo, PNC. Before that. Uh, on Thursday, we'd have known what happens with Domino's and Delta and PepsiCo has already reported uh, too. And then just for the rest of the month, things to keep an eye on. Uh, next week, you've got the uh, UK GDP, you've got ECB minute. Oh, no, sorry, that's already happened. You've got UK jobs report, US retail sales, Chinese GDP. Uh, and then you've also got Japanese inflation at the back end of the week, along with UK retail sales. And then in the last full week of the month, you've got the flash PMIs, which are always worth keeping an eye on just from a sort of global health standpoint. And then you've got announcements from the Bank of Canada, the ECB, uh, you've got the US PCE number. You've also got the UK clock change on the 29th, which is always tricky to, to work out. Uh, and then, of course, we get to make our time month. zones a little bit difficult. Oh, it will. It will. Hope you all listening feel sorry for us. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then obviously the Fed meeting at the back end of the month, beginning of next. So, yeah, busy period. Um, and on that note, we'll we'll knock it on their heads. But Josh, as always, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Take care, everyone. See you soon. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.